on the news when I was a kid. If you get this Superman, then you're on your own. You're... you are here. Yeah. I'm Batman. So, uh, Nick got the Irish strain of COVID. Yes, it's a very significant, very green state of COVID. <laughs> it's a very green COVID. It's a, it's and it a, only infects short people. That's exactly right. It spreads via uh, Guinness taps. Guinness stouts. Yes. Various potatoes. Right. It's uh, actually medicine. The medical community has not really caught up to it yet. No, it might be the next strain, actually. I yeah. think it's coming. Right. I think it, Nick's patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick and Michaela. So Nick isn't here. We had a whole plan, uh, and I guess we'll do the movie that we were planning on covering at some point in the future. But um, with Nick not here and with the American box office in a state of disarray right now, we decided to go out and support the cause by... <laughs> Seeing a movie that is tanking harder than anything ever. Yeah, just by putting some money in old David Zaslov's back pocket. You know what I mean? Just helping the old Warner Discovery Enterprise. I, I will admit, it. I didn't feel as bad going to a movie this time just because I knew that it didn't matter what I did. Right. It didn't matter that I... It couldn't I, be helped. No, 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 no. This this thing is... It's like in Goodfellas when they killed Joe Pesci. There's nothing we could have done. There's nothing we could have done for him. Right. Yeah, that <laughs> ship is dead. It is, it is at the bottom of the ocean. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> the Flash. <He's> <laughs> the Flash is fucking dead. Um, yeah, so we saw the Flash, and yeah, it's doing very poorly at the box office. I don't know if you've been following. Of course, I've been following. It debuted to a incredibly underwhelming fifty five million dollars. Okay, its opening weekend, which is bad. It's very bad, but it gets worse <laughs> <laughs> because the second weekend it had a seventy three percent drop off. <laughs> from its opening. It only made $15 million in its second weekend. It's the second worst drop-off at the box office for any comic book movie ever, with the exception of Morbius, which had a 73.8% drop. So it's not as bad as Morbius, but it's doing quite poorly. And if you go on Box Office Mojo's top second-week drop-offs of all time list... I mean, it's movies like Geely on there. You know, it's movies like the 2009 Friday the 13th on there. Mm. Like, it's all-time bad movies. You don't see a lot of, like, big summer tent poles with those kinds of drop-offs, and you certainly don't see $300 million movies with the marketing campaign that this fucking movie had. Yes. Including, like, a grassroots effort from... You know, every famous person they could pay off to talk kindly about it. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think when I first saw the trailer, it was during the Super Bowl, I think is when I saw it. Yes. And that was a big deal. I remember everyone was like, holy shit. The trailer did very well, I think. In its first 24 hours, I saw the stat. It did better than the Guardians trailer. Yep. It did better than the Transformers Rise of the Beasts trailer. So, yeah, I mean... It's a made-up metric. YouTube counts are not indicative of who's actually going to go to a movie, but yeah, it seemed like the streets were buzzing. Just a little bit. Yeah. Did people wisen up and they went, oh, wait a second, it's a DC movie, or was it the combination of that and Ezra Miller? Was How, how often was this movie delayed, too? That was my other question. Uh, well, big picture. It, <laughs> there was talk of a Flash movie in 1989. Well, that's not what I'm so, like, talking No, about. I mean, no, they, no, they've no, been but... talking about this in several iterations for a while. I'm I talking mean... about the Andy Muschietti flash that we just oh, saw i mean at, yeah at least two years because of covid and because of the ezra miller nonsense yeah <laughs> you tell me why people didn't go to this movie do you have theories hit me with them I, I mean those are certainly part of it i am sure but i think it's also very important to talk about those who did go and see this movie sure and uh critics you did a fine job trying to sell this movie to the public because this movie <laughs> critically was not as hated as we'll talk. It's it was, but let's just say it wasn't exactly despised. It was like you know something, guys. The Flash movie is kind of fun. 
the the effects are a little bad, but the movie's actually fun. You should check it out. And I'm sure a few people listened, and they went and saw the movie, and then they went home and they said, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> James Gunn, I believe, touted it as one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, they that, had Tom Cruise repping this thing. One of the greatest superhero. F- are, are they sure they're they're not misquoting him? Because I would not fall on on that end of the coin. I mean, <laughs> it's. Uh, I would say it's not the worst superhero movie ever made. It's one of the worst I've seen in a long time. I would say it's not the worst. No, not the worst. I think worst. there's a big difference between not the worst and one of the best. Humongous difference. (laughs) Humongous. They gave Tom Cruise an early screener of this thing, and he was like, guys. That fucking movie. Movies are back, bro. (laughs) Cinema. (laughs) That's shameful to me, is that you trot out now, like, the mascot for the big screen experience now, and you make him, like, sell this load of crap. It's not hard to take advantage of Tom Cruise, okay? Apparently, as we know, as we know, yes, as as David Miscavige has learned. Exactly. (laughs) It's pretty easy. (laughs) No, but like, I don't know how many fucking nerd blogs they had to pay off in order to get positive coverage for this thing. I don't know, like how much money went to the screen rants of the world. But th- there was a PSYOP campaign here. Like, there, there uh, yes. was a yes. coordinated effort. I, I am convinced of it. For yes. months. I mean, it was a long time. Like, they started, like, three months in advance. Like, this was, like, a fucking presidential election cycle. They started the grassroots campaign on this movie. I started hearing in March that the reviews were trickling in and they were positive. Now, they were coming from geeksquad.net or whatever you know they were coming from you know uh, 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 pocketprotectormonthly.org yes. <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> like they started that shit early and, and at that moment I'm like wait a minute this movie's coming out in June why are they doing this now mm-hmm. you know something's not right here well I agree it's not the worst superhero film I've ever seen no I wouldn't go that far mm. I, you know I would not be so harsh right I actually think it is one of the worst superhero films I've seen in a, in a long time. Okay. I really hated this movie. Yeah. I didn't like anything about it, including right. Michael Keaton's Batman, which I didn't give a shit about. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's the most, like, indulgent, ugly, stupid mess of a superhero movie I've seen in forever, honestly. Now, I'm not sure I hate it more than, like, Thor Love and Thunder. Boy, is it close, though. It's hideous to look at. It is. It's atrocious. They weren't kidding. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, guys. Like, maybe it's just like a CGI clusterfuck, which it is. But right. you know, CGI clusterfuck—they could be fine effects, despite the fact that there's too much shit on screen. But it's not even that. It just looks terrible. Can I like? It looks so bad. <laughs> I think we should maybe clarify this because a lot of people are calling the CGI bad, and the CGI is bad. <laughs> But it's more than bad. You know what I mean? It's like, poorly considered is really what it is yeah, to me. I, right. I think like there's this notion, like I've seen bad CGI in movies. I've seen CGI that doesn't convince me of the realism of some of the computer generated images. That's not what this is. This is dull CGI. This is like weightless, mm-hmm. boring, drab. Soulless. Just AI generated CGI. Yeah. You know, like what's like a what's like a good example of like an 80s science fiction movie that's dated? Well, Superman. Not 80s, sure. But, but you yeah. want like like dated effects. Case in point here, it's like despite the fact that those are dated, they, they at least have so much charm to right. them, don't they? Yes. They at least feel weirdly, it's, it sounds strange to say, but there's a tactile quality to how they fucking put that thing together. It might not work so well today, but you can tell that those people sweated over trying to make that convincing. Right. And I mean, this- and there's also a style, right? Uh, yes. There's a style and Clearly. an idea, whereas this is just like- Nothing. <laughs> poorly choreographed, no punches land. Mm-hmm. It's like, we were just fucking talking about jumper a couple weeks ago and that's a really bad movie but like at least when hayden christensen transports in that movie has impact to it doesn't it there's literally a crater is formed yeah you know and we sort of mocked the idea on that podcast and that's a really bad movie i'm not defending it but like (laughs) at least there was a little bit of thought put into well if a superhero did a superpower thingy 
this is what would happen to the world around him, and this is what it would somewhat feel like. Yeah, some sense of physics are, are intact there. I mean, that one that they did where Supergirl punched all of the oh, yeah. bad guys on the rooftop. That's right, yeah. Again, it's not bad CGI. It's formless. It's worse than bad. Yeah, like like Deep Blue Sea is bad CGI, but even that right. <laughs> kind of makes me smile in yes, a way, yes. and this this can't even do that. Right. Even parts where I'm like, why are you even using CGI here? I mean, he was not wearing a suit half the time. Right. Because they just insisted on cheapening out with that stuff and putting the green dots all over him. And you can tell. It just looks like, right. like I mean, half the movie does not feel like I'm actually there. I but, just don't know how we've unlearned this. I hate to use this fucking, this is a really bad cliche criticism when people say it looks like a video game. I actually don't like that criticism at all. Right. It's annoying as hell. Right. But I'm not kidding. I've been playing a lot of the remake of Resident Evil 2 again. Right. And it has like better lighting effects than anything in this movie. It looks more photo real than anything in this movie. It is more convincing to run through those halls fighting zombies as a backstreet boy than anything in this movie. Uh, There's this shot. I'm going to steal this from Twitter. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah. I would credit the person if I had the tweet in front of me, but that scene where the two flashes and Supergirl glide into the battlefield to Um. face off against, what's his name? Zorg? (laughs) Zorg? Zorg, what's his name? Like from the Power Rangers? No. <laughs> uh, Zod, Zod, Emperor Zod. Yes, right. General Zod. I'm sorry, I said Emperor Zod. My apologies, DC nerds. General Zod, dude, Michael Shannon, bro. What the? He wasn't even there on set. Not one. I I noticed one practical shot. One. <laughs> Count them. One. And that was it. <laughs> Did you see the interview that he gave where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm in this new Flash movie or whatever, and they didn't really let me act like Zack Snyder let me act in Man of Steel. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) You know, it should give Zack Snyder a little more credit. (laughs) But there's that shot where they sort of glide in, and then they uh, do the 360 pan, Mm -hmm. and they go from the back of these three characters to the front, and I saw that compared to, like, when you're in a video game, when the cut scene ends, and now it's time to go into battle. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know? No, but that is what it looked like a lot of the time. Like, it looked like a bad video game. Not yes. even a good video game, but a bad one. No, I was going to say, like, in this case, you're not giving video games enough credit because they yeah. can look way better than whatever the fuck this was. And it almost makes me think, like, is this a conscious decision okay well there's a lot of talk about that in particular where Andy Muschietti was like well I mean when you're trying to comprehend the physics of something like that uh you know it's just not gonna look quite right it's gonna look kind of weird I'm gonna do something I never thought I would ever do but let's talk about interstellar okay let's and let's talk about black holes for a second Because you can apply the same logic to that. This is fantastic. You can. This is great. You can apply the same logic to black holes, something that we can't fully understand or comprehend or completely visualize. But I'll tell you what, man. Sure. That black hole looks pretty fucking good. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Salute me, familia. Cheers to us, Adam. We're here now. We made it here. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Just to give you a sense of the all-time low that we reached at the theater today. Adam Hall is praising an element of interstellar. You're just like, you know, might as well make a wormhole in Matthew McConaughey's library. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, a bookshelf is more convincing than whatever the fuck this is. Well, they kind of do an interstellar thing in this when he's traveling to the right. time. They do a Tesseract-like thing. Right. And there's another example. That Tesseract looks pretty convincing. That was nine years ago, too. I know. Yeah, I know, that I know. That came out in 2014, so yeah. it's like... Think about the jump in CGI from Jurassic Park to the early 2000s, and think about the early 2000s to 2014. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we should be... F- Far out ahead of where we are right now. Well, I always say, like, just because you have the tools doesn't mean you should just use them so indulgently. And that's yeah. kind of what this just feels like to me. It is just 
like chaos. Yeah. Someone must have looked at that and said, like, that doesn't look good, right? They must have known, like, this is just too much. Dial it back something. I, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. It was so bad. It's, and it's most of the movie. Yeah, or at least all the, all the set pieces, yeah. Almost, yeah. yeah. I mean, the connective tissue, I guess, it's drab, but it's not, like, yeah. you know, offensively shot. No, 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 no. I, I agree with that. Yes. You know, like, it, like, the shot reverse shot is competent enough. <laughs> and and like, you know, there's no, like, major continuity errors. Like, it looks clean enough in the talking scenes. I would not say those talking scenes are always edited to perfection. They're a little, no. a little tight. Certainly. A little tight there. But, but, I'm, but not, I'm not offended by the look and feel of them in the way that I am the set pieces. Sure. I might be a little offended by what Ezra Miller's doing in this movie. Yeah, well, we can talk about that in a bit. Um, <laughs> back to the Snyder of it all. Oh. I mean, like, again, we go back to this scene from Man of Steel, which they've gone back to now. I haven't seen all the DC movies, but this is at least the third time that I can remember that we're rehashing the Zod invasion. Yes. Because at the beginning of Batman v Superman, don't they do that? Yes. Right? Yeah. Isn't like Batman experiencing that invasion from the ground? Yes, he is. Right? Yes, he is. Uh-huh. And they do it again here and they like put Barry, aka the Flash, in that scene. And we see it from another point of view. And we learn about all the people that died or whatever. And I just remember the complaint at the time when Cavill and Shannon are fighting at the end of that movie, being like, this film and Zack Snyder by proxy has no sense of like stakes no. and, and doesn't understand like when a alien crashes into a skyscraper and the skyscraper collapses 2000 people die like it's a 9-11 type tragedy mm-hmm. and I remember the complaint at the time being like why aren't we showing this fight from the ground and then I watched this movie and I'm like we did not know how good we had it back then. Whereas, like, the Snyder movies now look like these really sensitive, like, gra- like In, it looks like fucking Apocalypse Now. It looks like yeah. fucking Platoon <laughs> com- compared to what this is. Fucking you know what hell. I, mean? I can't believe we're saying it, but yeah. No, where it's like, you know, CGI pong balls are just bouncing around, you know, with capes. Just I can barely tell what's happening. I have no movie. idea what's going on. There's no sense of gravity. There's no sense of stakes at all. And then I see like what Snyder's doing and it's not my bag, but at least it's a style. At, at least, least it's it, a vibe. It's a choice. It's something. It's a choice. Yes. yes. We owe Snyder an apology. In a way. Yeah. Because he was blamed for this whole mess. And well, now they're kind of trying to reverse the mess and look where we are now. It's just, a, it's somehow it's worse. Yeah. That's incredible. I really never thought that this would happen because I, I, like you, like a lot of people, I was not really big on Man of Steel. I don't hate Man of Steel. I don't like it, but it's- I guess like, I don't hate it anymore. It, yeah, you know? I mean, I hated it in its time. It's but, like, yeah. it's, I could forget it. But in, in its time, I was like, all right, that wasn't very good, but I'm, I'm ready to move on. Sure. But looking back on it now, like, God, I miss it in a way. Like seeing right. this, it's so much better. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but it's unbelievable how much attachment I have to like what Snyder is at least trying to do in that movie. I can feel something, right? You know, even if it's not my bag, at least I felt something. And man, like, what are people talking about? Who? Are, what's with these fucking people that were saying this is good? This is so bad. They're being paid off. They're paid operatives. It's not. Every single person. They are paid operatives at. I mean, you don't understand what the marketing campaign on this was. I understand there are paid operatives, but all like the YouTube critics that were like, you know, so yes! every single They're one on of the them. They're all the payroll. I don't believe it. They saw $300 million into this movie. It can't be all of them. It is. They're all in on it. They're in on it, damn it. No, this is my Infowars, dude. Like this is, I'm willing to die on this hill. I'm like, you're all on the fucking Clinton payroll, dude. You're all like Zaslav operatives that are just lying. God. They're all being paid. I, I mean, I'm this, like I'm like Robert Redford right now. They know everything. Yeah, this it's is like that. It's, no, it's the fucking Truman Show, dude. I mean, like they're all in on it. Oh my god! No one that saw this movie liked it in earnest. <laughs> Nobody. First of all, no one saw the movie. That's true. I'm Very not true. sure if you added up every critic that gave it a positive review, you would get to 55 million. <laughs> the num- <if> we- <laughs> Dude, I love how deep the ghost. If you add up the numbers, it don't add up. No, it don't <laughs> add up. It's a convincing argument. It uh, Honestly, no, it, I, it, it is. But <laughs> I'm half kidding. I'm half kidding. I know. I know you are. But I'm also half serious. Yes. <laughs> like, I am legitimately serious. I think all of these people, maybe they weren't paid. But I think people that 
Warner Brothers knew would give them some cover were shown the movie earlier than legitimate critics. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. True. And I think you can pick those people out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to comicbookjunkie.com and give fucking Joe Schmo in his basement a screener to, for this movie ahead of time. And he's going to give you a lot more positive of a review than, you know, fucking Richard Brody at the New Yorker. Yep. <laughs> so Richard Brody was shielded from the movie and the moderator at uh, supermanisbay.com was was given a copy. <laughs> That's all I mean. You know what I mean? And they thought it would work and it backfired tremendously. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing about the DC fucking movies. It's been a mystery for the last 10 years. Why aren't these movies working? Why is Marvel kicking our ass? Why are the iconic properties like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman struggling at the box office while Ant-Man 3 does well? And the answer is the Marvel movies aren't perfect, but they're just fucking better. History has spoken and it has chosen Coke. I know you love your Pepsi, Nico. You're a DC guy when it comes to these soft drinks. But history has spoken and it has chosen Coca-Cola. Right. And it's the same fucking thing here. God damn it. Yeah. There are bad flavors of Coke too out there. There are. There's some really shitty ones. And ultimately Coke isn't good for you either. No, no, absolutely not. Sure. But, you know, I'll I'll die drinking Coke over Pepsi. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't know. Like. Iron Man's a good movie. Yes, it is. It's very Guardians good. of the Ex- Galaxy is a good movie. Yeah. Even the weird ones can be good. Like Iron Man 3, I like. It's I li- good. I like it. Yeah. I liked fucking Doctor Strange 2. I think it's fine. Yes. I think Doctor Strange 1 is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man movies are good. Yeah. Uh, these are not ringing endorsements. I'd like them to die as much as I want the DC movies to die. But we shouldn't be confused on the mystery here. It's really not that hard. No. That, that's exactly right. We shouldn't be confused. Dude, it was, it was, this was a low, low, low cinema experience for me. Can I list the things that I liked about this movie? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, let's, let's try uh, positivity here. Let's try this exercise. Let's just shoot a flash-like ray of positivity in this movie's direction. Man, I've seen single episodes of that TV show. It's like... 30 minutes long yeah. and that 30 minutes of that cheap ass CW fucking show is better than anything in here. I like the opening title card that made you laugh. The flashes, uh, electrical force field or whatever forms the words, the flash. Oh, you you like the after effects of it all as a fan of title cards. Yes, I love title cards as well. I'm a big fan of title cards. I'm a big fan of like opening fanfares as well. I like that. Like, I like when, you know, Warner Brothers messes around with their opening fanfare to fit the movie. Yeah, that's always fun. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job with the title cards. I thought it was clever and cute. That's one. Count them one. Number two. <laughs> this movie has, uh, I think if you, you can tell by the trailer, Ben Affleck in it, again, as Batman. I did see, by the way, this is his fourth Live action appearance as Batman. Fourth and final? Who knows? All right. (laughs) That is a good point. I mean, hey, when Batman Returns came out, I was like, second and final appearance of Michael Keaton, right? So there you go. For the record, that is the most appearances in terms of number of movies by any Batman in a live action movie ever. Ever. That's right. Half of those shots, he was not actually there, though. Fair. And a lot of the movies that he appeared in, he was only in for like 30 seconds, but... My point is Ben Affleck has been Batman for a while, even though it feels like he was barely Batman. True. He's been Batman in a lot of movies. That's all I'm saying. That is true. Yes, yes, absolutely. He's in it. He's not good. But <laughs> it does address the problem that we, the, the nitpick, I should say, that, that are often levied at movies like this, where it's like, well, if the Flash was fighting some bad guys, why wouldn't his buddies all show up? Like we always say, like, you know, Captain America's fighting uh, the Skrulls or whatever. Where's Thor to come to his aid? And the movies never address that. This movie does address it. Wonder Woman shows up and Batman shows up and Aquaman shows up a little later. Like, I like that they at least address that nitpick. Did you like their scenes? No. Ah. Hated them, actually. Yeah, me too. Really hated them. Yeah, I really despised each and every second of it. Gal Gadot, a beautiful woman, but... She cannot act. An alien person. 
a, a person not of this planet. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> and Ben Affleck, I mean, all you motherfuckers that are like, actually, he's pretty good. At, like, Leave Ben Affleck alone, Nico. He's he's had it rough. Ben Affleck's doing fine. Okay? <laughs> he's doing he's doing well. All right. Do we know that his his marriage is going well? Are we sure it's going to be okay? They look very happy. I don't know, dude. They're always going to Dunkin' Donuts together. It's great. I don't trust it for a second. I mean, you know, fool me once, shame on me, <laughs> I guess. But uh, I can't wait to hear what number three is, by the way. Let me comb my notes here for number three. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, I thought the Back to the Future joke was amusing the first time. Yes, I agree. But let me put that in the pro column, and then let me put the second delivery of the Back to the Future joke in the con column. Because mm, it's really annoying. So maybe it yeah. evens out. At that rate, yeah. Because that is one of my one positive things, and I also agree with you. It started to get really friggin' old. You know, the Flash goes back in time and changes the timeline. So in this universe, Eric Stoltz is actually Marty McFly. He was never recast as... Michael J. Fox. Yeah, there's some kind of correlation with grabbing tomatoes and his mom and how that changes the casting of Eric Stoltz. Yes. I, okay. Amusing the first time. Then they beat you over the head with it. It's like, aren't we so fucking clever? Yeah. That's his whole movie. The, the footage th is online of Eric Stoltz playing Marty McFly. Dude. The whole fucking script is like that, man. Oh my God. I hated these characters. What else we got? What else we got? <laughs> Jeez. Do I want to spoil the big... Oh, you want to do this now? Oh, my God. Do we want to save it? It's like... Should we go through the plot of this movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Fine, we won't. No. <laughs> no, thank you. We'll just <laughs> drop in things out of context. Go ahead. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, well, Nick Cage is kind of in this movie. He's kind of in this kind movie. Kind of in this movie. <laughs> you can't pay him to actually come to set. Yeah, that's the thing. There's one thing we have learned about Nick Cage over the years is that he's very available. He would have loved to have done this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to their credit, they didn't pay Christopher Reeve to be on set either. That's a good point. So. They didn't. I guess it makes sense. Or Adam West, for that matter. How ironic that, like, the writer strike is going on now and this, you know, sags about a strike and it's like, oh, they'll never use AI to make the dead speak again. Dude. This really did feel like I was in another world. Like I had, I had gone into the future to see how, how everything had died. Yes. I couldn't believe they were actually doing half of this. It was just evil. Yeah. The Christopher Reeve thing I found particularly soulless and in bad taste. Yes. Me too. Especially because like that's fucking, that's Superman, dude. Yes. Don't fucking mess with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of untouchable. Leave it, yeah, that's leave like, it be. Leave him alone. Let him rest in peace. Let him Please. rest. Yeah. The Nicolas Cage thing was just hilarious. I'm sitting there and I'm like in utter disbelief that they're actually going to do it because I saw the long hair and I'm like, no oh, right. fucking way. I are picked they up doing on it a little bit later than you, I think. Oh, my, yeah, I think so. that was fun. And then <laughs> I like, saw what are you talking about? Like, oh, my God. And then I saw the spider. I'm like, no, they're not going to do this. Yeah. And they got the Superman that never was with Nicolas Cage and his outfit. And holy shit, guys. If you'd like, go uh, either watch the documentary or listen to our podcast based on the documentary Superman Lives or The Death of Superman Lives. That's the name of the documentary. Kevin Smith must be pretty happy. Smith finally got his day in court. But also so did John Peters. And that bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, so he fought the giant spider that John Peters tried forcing onto Kevin Smith in the script writing process of the movie. And then Andy Muschietti was just like, no, I'll take give it to me. I'm glad... <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, it's like, in theory, I like the idea of going to previous iterations of a franchise, pulling out all the interesting stuff, like you're at a Goodwill or you're at a tag sale, mm -hmm. and then putting them together into something good. I guess theoretically, that's an interesting idea, right? Like, like conceptually or in the stupid multiverse way? Well, I think what we have seen time and time again is that these are just empty bits of nostalgia baiting, which right? is a lot, all of what this was. That's what it is in practice. But like, you know, the idea that Andrew Garfield, his two Spider-Man movies were not very good, but there was something interesting about him as a performer and his version of Peter Parker that the new Spider-Man movie, what was that one called? No Way Home? No Way Home, yeah. No Way Home. They take interesting stuff in those two movies they pull it right out and they repurpose it for something decent. Yeah. They make it good. 
somehow. Right. He's the best thing about that movie, which is insane. He is. Yeah. But it's like they bring Michael Keaton back just to say, like, the line, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Basically, yeah. And it's like, do you even know the context of that line in the original movie? Like, the reason why that line has become a part of pop culture is because it's so fucking random and out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's this, like, uh, disturbed element to his Bruce Wayne, this sort of off-kilter unpredictableness mm-hmm. to him. That Tim Burton, because he's such an unpredictable filmmaker, kind of weaponizes in that movie. Like, to me, that line has always been like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. You want to get nuts, let's get nuts. It's not like a let's do battle. No. Rah, rah, go good guys. It's always been like, who the fuck is this guy? It's weird and yeah. strange. There's a bizarre quality to it. But also the character has is doing it to purposely get shot. Yes. It's like doing it to protect Kim Basinger's it's Kim, no, it's yes. not Kim. Is it, it is? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh yeah, Kim okay. Basinger. Yeah, but no, yeah. Like the whole plan has nothing to do with let's go into battle. It's it's literally the opposite of that too. It's just right. Just because it's popular on the internet to meme, let's get nuts. Is that why right. it's there? Right. So you just take the line and you remove it of all its context. And so what you do is you suck the meaning out of it. Yeah. Whereas the best version of this movie, and I guess is the Spider-Man movie the best multiverse movie of the, of all of these? Not No Way Home. No, the best multiverse Spider-Man movie is, is well, Spider-Verse. Spider- yeah, yeah, sure. Easily. Well, even those. Like, those take interesting ideas in the comic books and they repurpose it. Like, they remix it. Like, a great hip-hop artist. That's exactly what they do. Like, a great yeah. DJ. Like, he puts it together and he creates something new out of the parts. Yeah, they build up on the idea with, like, Peter Parker's character, for example, that the failure Spider-Man. Like, okay, yeah, great. We know he had all those issues with Mary Jane, but what if he couldn't make it work? Sure. And that's a great idea that they weaponize beautifully in that movie. And what this does is it takes the good things, it sucks the meaning out of them. <laughs> it strips them of all it's of their value. Vampire is what it that's is. That's what it is, right. And then they put it into this soulless thing, this drab soulless thing with, with no color and no personality and no feel and no style and no vibe. Nothing. Like they bring Keaton back and it's like, God, you're... we know why they brought him back, but like, is it even motivated? It's he's just there. It's like you're obviously you're bringing him back just for the nostalgia bait of it all. I get it. You're trying to do what No Way Home did. Awesome. Right. But like they at least did something with those characters. Yes. And it made it made some sense to even Peter Parker getting stabbed by the Green Goblin in that movie. It's kind of short lived, but it's like I understand the jump and the kind of the poetic connection that you're making there. Yes. I don't love it, but I get it. And here there's just none of that. Right. N- not even a little bit. It's just Everyone likes Michael Keaton's Batman, right? Sure. <laughs> and and by the way, we're going to forget all of the reasons why we liked him in the first place, too, because we're not going to let him have any sort of personality. We're not going to give him any sort of edge or flavor. Well, the problem, too, is that, I mean, one of the things I loved about Michael Keaton's Batman is just how unusual of a Batman he is when you look at him outside well, the of whole the... thing at the time was Mr. Mom is Batman. Exactly. But that's exactly like, why what he's... an odd casting choice. Yeah, it's like, hey, you could never be Batman, but that's why he's perfect as Batman, because you would never think that he's Batman. Right. And here it's like, no, I kind of buy that this dude could be Batman. That alone is a huge red flag to me. It's like, no, yeah, the kind of the gruff old guy, I guess. Here's the other thing. He's in his 70s, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Are we going to do anything with that on a story level? Like, take Keaton out. Put Robert Pattinson in. It's the same thing. The character doesn't change at all. Yeah. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem when the fucking 30-something goth guy (laughs) and the 70-year-old that played the editor of the Boston Globe in Spotlight are basically playing the same character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he comes in, he says his catchphrases. Like, they give him, like, the shaggy haircut. At first, yeah. At, at, with the beard or whatever to, like, conceal his identity for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they sort of are like, yeah, I was gone and now you brought me back. But he moves the same way that he... Actually, no. He moves far better than he moved in those original movies. He is far more agile and flexible in his 70s than he was in his 30s. You mean with the fighting? Yes! Yeah, yeah. Right? Dramatically so. Yeah. Yeah. He can still take a punch. He can still deliver a punch. In fact, now he can fly around. And again, like you can take two approaches. You can take the one that just says, fuck it and have fun, even though it doesn't make any sense, or comment on it. Do something with it. It's the former in the worst kind of way. Yeah. It's like, can like, you, here's the thing. Can you even celebrate it as like, because some people are just like, you know what? Fuck it. Have it. Have fun with your, your old action figures that you loved. Can you even do that with this? 
No, no, you can't. No, I, I wouldn't mind that version of this movie. But that's like a kid that plays with action figures knows which action figures are his favorite and why they're his favorite. Yeah, they don't even. This movie does not even bother to answer that question. No. <laughs> right? It's like, why did we like Michael Keaton as Batman? I don't know, because we were 10 years old when the movie came out. I mean, that's the best answer that this, this movie gives. that this movie can offer, right? And like, that's the worst kind of nostalgia. It's only time-based. I mean, this movie literally fucking ends with George Clooney. Yes, as Bruce Wayne. And I mean, like, I guess it's halfway amusing, just the meta-ness of like, oh, they brought George Clooney back. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. You know, the worst Batman, the worst Batman movie is now being celebrated in some way here. But like, the only reason he's in this movie is because he was Batman 25 years ago. It is purely nakedly nostalgia. It's not even like I liked this thing when I was a kid and here's why. <laughs> There's no why no. here, you know? It just is. It just is is it's just this cynical the people will like it so bring them back well why will they like it we don't know i'm losing my mind (laughs) Um, what comes after this though what are they gonna do blue beetle is (laughs) not going to take off we saw that trailer in front of the movie and yeah i draw the line at the blue beetle that guys that's where i draw the line in the sand it's like Little Sammy, we are not going to Blue Beetle. Okay? I draw the line. I'm not seeing the blue fucking beetle. <laughs> I will not let you see the blue beetle. Dude, the blue beetle is like a fucking, that's like a Simpsons character. Like, yeah, like Bart is. has a blue beetle action figure. That's uh, not a real superhero. That's no, not a it's thing. Not, no, no. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Ezra Miller in this movie? Terrible bad right like can like, annoying too annoying as hell like Paul oh. shore vibes yeah it's like a, that kind of annoying like that's that a, kind of brand of annoying it is a slightly coked out performance yeah i guess that fits the character here's another okay i'll compliment the movie in another way so there are two flashes in this yes there are ezra miller plays two versions of barry mm-hmm one is 18, another is in his 20s, I guess. And you'd have no idea. Yeah, you wouldn't. So this is the first Flash movie that's ever been made. They skip through the origin story bullshit. They do kind of backdoor an origin story to the Flash. Yeah. Into this movie. Yeah, carefully, And I think I that's interesting. I think it's interesting that, like, you can go back in time through plot and show the Flash becoming the Flash. Yeah, but it has no emotional impact whatsoever. It doesn't. I didn't think all the stuff with the two berries was that bad, if I'm being honest. Um, I think the second act of the movie is decent. Oh, man. I don't think it's that offensive. I think the first act is a disaster, and yes. I think the third act is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But I the, the middle, I don't think, is awful. Well, the middle is, if you had to pick a best part of the movie, that would definitely be it. Yes. And there are, I guess, occasional moments that kind of made me chuckle, I guess, like where he keeps coming back naked with the pots. Yes. It's so small, though. Yes. I mean, it's really, really, really tiny, like um, an emotional way that comes over me and blinking, you'll miss it, you know? It, right. This movie was kind of making me depressed by how little it w- I was feeling while watching it. I never bought them together. I mean, it, you have a relationship on screen, <laughs> so at least there is there is a relationship that is happening on screen. Yes. Which is, you know... Which is more than can be said for much of the movie. I, yeah. Exactly. Particularly, I, like, the romance that's just sort of thrown in there with that girl, the journalist. What was her name? I couldn't tell you, obviously, but I, <laughs> she's in a couple scenes in the movie. Yeah, he has, like, this crush on this girl, this kind of romance. Yes. And, and I'm like... I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know why you matter here. And by the end of it, she she doesn't really matter. Could have fooled me that he had a crush on her too. That's also true. You know what I mean? Like just no chemistry at all. Just no like the way that they looked at each other. It's like, this is basic fucking Hollywood shit, dude. Like this is basic fundamentals of like, this is how you shoot someone when a guy is smitten with a girl, you know? Like this is how you flirt on screen. This is like, 
You go in close up, right? Like you leave awkward pauses. You cut it a little slower. The world kind of slows down around two characters when they fall for each other, right? Everything gets quieter. Everything gets a little quieter. Maybe you add some rain, you know, like there's basic fucking cinematic language mm-hmm. that at your disposal that you can just copy here yep. in order to convey that these two are falling for each other and there's none of that here none of it no so the movie opens with barry gordon ordering a sandwich at a deli oh, we're talking about this but alfred is calling him jeremy irons by the way in this movie you say barry gordon that's his name right that's it no no barry allen barry allen barry allen Come on, Ego. Who's Barry Gordon? I don't know. <laughs> I almost said Barry Berkman for a Barry- second, to be honest with you. <laughs> Dude, what a better movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Barry Gordon is a Tony Award-winning actor, I suppose. Oh, okay. And a political talk show host. Longest serving president of the Screen Actors Guild. Wow. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah, I know fucking. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, character actor. Okay. Barry Allen Barry is ordering Allen. a peanut butter and, like, banana sandwich or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons calls. He's in this movie. Good for him. Cash the check. Got to fight some crime. I guess Carmine Falcone's goons have blown up a hospital. We'd never really see the Falcones, do we? Oh, certainly not. No. <laughs> Maybe in one shot. They're like Spider-Man goons. Yeah. In a couple parts, but that's it. Barry's like, all right, I got to go uh, save the day because Batman is nowhere to be found. And uh, so he has to save a bunch of babies at a hospital we're not even 10 minutes in and my brain snaps in this part can you like explain what happens here well the building starts to collapse right yeah uh you know all the babies go out the window right that is when the babies go out the window there are 10 cgi babies i was gonna say they are saved by the magic of cgi all of a sudden it's amazing the babies just transform into cgi (laughs) It's incredible, Nico. This is the moment where I'm like, if Andy Muschietti is like, this is an intentional look, the CGI, it's like, no. look at the fucking babies here, man. They <laughs> like, look worse than the dolls. I ain't buying it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm Clint in this part. Bring me the doll. Bring it's me a, the doll. It's a lot better than that. <laughs> what did Werner say on the set of The Mandalorian? Bring the puppet back, bring, you coward. <laughs> the Muppet or something? Yeah, yeah. I bet he said the Muppet. Yeah, or something bring like. back the Muppet, you cowards. <laughs> Hell yeah, Werner. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I have to tell people now, like, what did I think of the Flash? Um, They put a baby in a microwave. So the babies start falling. <laughs> and the Flash apparently can, like, if he runs fast enough. Here's the thing. If you can run as fast as the Flash, there's really nothing you can't do. Yes, of course. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You can time travel. You can fly. You can run up the sides of buildings. Yeah. His powers are really endless. Well, he does need a certain amount of energy, which they use for just this scene and, like, nothing else. Right. They don't, like, use that ticking clock element ever again. Right. So he can kind of, if you run fast enough, you can kind of hop on falling objects. Yes, before the weight displacement happens and you keep falling. Right. Yeah. So he can just, they're they're his own personal platforms because that's how fast he's going. So the Flash flies up and sort of maneuvers the babies. Well, for, first he puts one baby in a microwave. That's the first thing. <laughs> that happens, yeah. He puts a baby in the microwave. <laughs> the line is so funny. Say it again, Nico. Puts a baby in a microwave. <laughs> and then the rest of the babies, what he just catches them, right? No, he puts them on like a gurney that yeah. you throw patients on, except he lines them up like a bongo unit on this thing. Mm. All these babies also puts a dog on there. He saves a dog. Yeah, he does save a dog as well, yes. And then he puts the microwaved baby over here somewhere. <laughs> Why did he have to put that baby in the microwave? Yeah, I, mean, I don't... Rest, rest he couldn't. I, I think... Okay, so he makes a point later on in the movie that you can't directly move anybody or else they get like really, really, really sick. Sure. Th- that makes no sense to me. It, I don't know. I don't understand how putting a baby in a microwave mitigates that problem. You're still moving that baby really fucking fast. And if anything, he's just sort of rattling around in the microwave and getting a concussion several times over. That baby is pulp. That is a dead baby right there. I just want to say that is a mutilated baby. <laughs> yeah, you don't want him in the fucking. Yeah, he's a shake up that smoothie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christ. 
I kept thinking, like, how are these babies not so dead? Oh, it's, it was horrifying. But so he does that to the one baby, but the, the rest of the babies he sort of guides around and they seem okay. It will because he puts them on the gurney platform all nicely and perfectly. Uh-huh. And somehow that didn't do anything to them either. But also, like, if I'm pushing the gurney really fast, wouldn't everything on there just fall right off? Yes. Like, isn't that how, like, you know, kinetic energy works? Yes. The baby should just, like, fly up him when he starts pushing the gurney because of how fast he's moving. <laughs> They're not, like, super glued to the gurney. They're just laying on it. Right. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, all the babies get saved. Yes. And then he takes the one baby out of the microwave after it dings. That's right. So it was on. The microwave was on. Yeah. <laughs> it goes ding and he goes, oh, I almost forgot about this one. And then takes a baby out of a microwave. This is the first 10 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I turned to you and said, Nico, two more hours. <laughs> what are we doing here? Why are we here? I- I'm sure Dial of Destiny is going to be... So whatever, but God, I would have much rather had seen that movie. Then we find out that Barry's father. Oh, I guess this was in Justice League, right? Or this was a scene in the Snyder Cut. It was, yes, with uh, Billy Crudup. With Billy Crudup. Yeah. Yeah. He goes there and has a little conversation on the phone in the prison with Billy Crudup. Yeah. Right. And that was in the epilogue of the Snyder Cut. That was my other question. Is this in continuity with the Whedon Justice League? Or the Snyder Cut. Like, but what version do they adhere to? It's the same canon, isn't it? I'm not sure it is. Because there's a scene in this where, this is such a dumb conversation that's not even worth having. But Affleck says to him, it's like, I forget what the climax <laughs> of Justice League takes place. But they're in another country. And the Flash is like, remember when I time traveled back then? And Affleck was like, yeah, I remember that. But I don't believe he time travels in the whedon version i think he only time travels in the snyder cut i don't remember i cannot confirm that yeah maybe so i like you know what i'm saying i don't know but (laughs) for all you readers of uh spider-man is my sugar (laughs) daddy.org salute all you people i hope you have a nice life i hope i wish you well i did you know (laughs) if i see on the street i'll give you a nod we wish you well And we hope that, you know, you get whatever you want out of this life. Yes. You're also a scourge on the culture. That's but true. <laughs> nobody's perfect, you know? Nobody's perfect, yes. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Uh, so, yeah, the, Barry's father's on trial for killing his mom. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, wait a minute, I can time travel now. And he time travels by running really, really fast. Well, he time travels by uh, running faster than the speed of light. And if you travel faster than the speed of light, you can theoretically time travel. Now, in the Snyder Cut, he does this, but he only goes back like a second. Enough to avert like part of a battle or something. Right. He's able to just barely beat time. This is the thing. He was learning to go that fast, and it was dangerous to go that fast. He, If he fucks it up, he could not only kill himself, but like potentially everybody. Right. He mentions that to other Barry in this, and other Barry just does it in like a second, which I found funny. But in this version, he runs so fast that he enters like a coliseum yes. of the past, present, and future. All the possible timelines, I guess, is what that is supposed to be. And it just, lo- I mean, you mentioned it before with Interstellar, but it just looks fucking hideous. Yes. Like, it just looks like AI-generated gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's a moment in the movie where one Barry says to the other Barry, look what you did. And he, like, motions to the giant noticed, blob and, and of I'm, CGI. And I'm like, I have no idea what and you're I'm talking like, about. What did he do? I don't know. I don't see anything. I can't see it. I see a... a t- <laughs> I see nothing. I see nothing. I see noise. Look what you did. <laughs> what? Uh, you're going to have to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, but he enters this, yeah, this coliseum, and he can just sort of like poke his head into various timelines. Various timelines. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he enters one of the timelines where his father does not go out for tomato sauce because his mother did not forget to pick up the tomato sauce at the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So his father stays home. The home invader never enters the home. His mother is never killed. The inciting incident of basically everything in the movie. The reason why Barry's doing what he's doing is because he wants to save his mom. Right. And the entire movie is dealing with this very question, should Barry save his mom? 
I feel like I have seen this now a gajillion times. 30 times in the last three years. Yeah. I mean, it is getting out of control. I was so bored by this conceit. I'm like, this is really the emotional core of the movie. Yeah. Man, it's hard to make movies. Yes. It's like really hard. And it's hard to not put something into a movie when you're making it. I can't imagine going through all of this and setting up everything and dealing with all these impossible actors. I know. I mean, this thing is, again, like, this was announced, I think, in 2013 or 2014. Like, this has been a long gestating period. Yes. Long gestating. This is the strongest thing you can come up with. This is the most personal you can get. Right. This is the most moving you can be. This is your way into this story, yeah. What is the matter with you? Yeah. So he goes back in time. He puts the tomato sauce in his <laughs> mom's carriage. Yeah. Mom lives. But a bunch of other shit gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. And now Zod invades the planet, similar to the way that he does in Man of Steel, except Superman is not there to stop him. Yes. So now he needs to enlist the help of Michael Keaton's Batman and Supergirl. Yes. Who is in this movie. In this version of the universe... Um, it's like a Russian Arctic fortress. That's where yes. she's being kept. Right. Which is so ripped off from the boys, it's unbelievable. Oh, really? I was like, this is literally the scene from the boys where they go and they get a... God, I forgot what his character's name is, but it's essentially like the prototype version of Homelander. I see. Yeah, Soldier Boy. It's re- Yeah, it's where they're going to get Soldier Boy, and it's it's the same... It's like this shot in the, in the same set. <laughs> now, I turned to you in the theater and I asked you... So Michael Keaton's Batman is this Tim Burton's universe. And I couldn't completely answer that because there's still a lot of Snyder stuff here. Yeah, are you telling me that Zod exists in Tim Burton's Batman universe? You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. So in that universe, it's the same Zod. Right. Would that also imply it's the same Superman and it would have to imply maybe even the same Batman. So Keaton does this whole monologue with spaghetti. Oh, yeah. And he takes little sticks of spaghetti and he says, you might have heard in movies, this is my least favorite part of time travel movies, by the way, is when they acknowledge other movies that get it wrong. It, most notably, Back to the Future. It's well, always Back to the Future. It's always Back to the Future. It's like, oh, you might have seen a movie where Doc Brown talks about splitting off timelines, but that's not how it works. Actually, right. That, that's, not, that's, that's, not, not, that's not what science says, right? Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you the real science, all right, kid? <laughs> we know exactly what we're talking about. What actually happens is that moment creates a fulcrum. You time travel, and the future is changed along with the past. And if this happens enough times, all of the timelines get crossed, and it becomes the multiverse, and it becomes a giant bowl of spaghetti. So I think that a bit of the Keaton verse crossed over with a bit of the Snyder verse crossed over with a bit of whatever timeline the flash is in. So they just cherry picked from random sources and these collided somehow. I think so. I see. Yeah. It's not really Tim Burton's universe. No, it sort of is, but it's also definitely not in the same way that I guess it's not the Joel Schumacher universe either at the end. And again, like, just rip off some of the Tim Burton shots. Just like, you know, just like rip it off. Give me something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can just steal from the man, but just steal from him. We can say this in so many ways, but like, you know, all of the nostalgia is surface level, right? All of the parts that they're pulling out of the scrapyard are just parts. None of it is stylistic. We're not borrowing any of the music. We're not borrowing any of the cinematography. We're not making it feel like a Tim Burton movie when we're with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. It's just we're taking the actor. I mean, he's not even playing the same character. No, completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's, it's not the same character. It's not the same vibe. It's like... This is when the nostalgia of it all is the most blatantly kind of pathetic. Right. Yeah, it's like you're not even attempting it. You're just saying, look at this cool thing. And again, I know people hate that criticism. I know it's kind of a simple way of putting it, but like, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. Because I was, I was going back to like all these movies that we criticize now for being kind of like cheap nostalgia, like The Force Awakens or something. But God, it's not even close. John Williams still does the score, you know, and like Han Solo is still Han Solo. Yeah. And we feel it when he dies because in death he is Han Solo. Adam Driver is good at the movie. I imagine J.J. <laughs> Abrams at one point in time. That does feel like it was made by a filmmaker. I will say that. 
yeah, at the very but, least. But you also feel like, like he watched Star Wars as a kid and yes, cared about yes, it yes, and yes, decided yes. to put the stuff on the screen that meant something to him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like it, like when you have like when you're a kid and you want a specific toy for Christmas, like I want like a GI Joe or whatever, mm-hmm. and then an uncle goes to Walmart and buys like the generic <laughs> Army Super Soldier action figure, mm-hmm. and he brings it home and he gives it to you, and he's like. Huh? What the hell yeah, is this? You yeah. like it, right? I know you like, you know, fucking these things. And you're like, no, that's not what I like. I wanted a G.I. Joe because of X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Yes. And it's like, yeah, this feels like a clueless parent <laughs> remixing the stuff that you liked as a kid without understanding anything about it. That's a great analogy. Thank you. I try. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> been working at this podcast thing for a while <laughs> took you know you, took you a long time to get to this point Nico. <laughs> took, took you long time. <laughs> you're finally here <laughs> getting there you know um yeah so anyway but i guess in his folly barry erased all of the meta humans at which point i turned to you and i said adam what's a, a meta human and i'm like i don't know yeah <laughs> i think in fact you said "Ugh, i don't know <laughs> I think that was your exact quote. <laughs> we're just like, an old, sometimes we're just an old couple in a theater. We really are. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know, Rodney. Shut up. <laughs> shut up, Babs. I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> it's a fucking metahuman. I never heard that phrase in my life. It's no a metahuman. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is a metahuman. And I guess it's like uh, gods and aliens and things of that nature. I don't care. Just call them superhumans, please. No, he erased all the metahumans. All right. Um, yeah, so anyway, so they fight Zod. Mm-hmm. They do what Superman was supposed to do, and they fight Zod. And in battle, Keaton and uh, the actress that plays Supergirl is named Sasha Cali. Sasha Cali. They both die. One of the berries, I forget which one, is like, let's go back in time and save them. Do it again. They have reached a point in time where they realize it doesn't matter how often they go back in time, every variation is going to have Michael Keaton dying and Supergirl dying. So we can just do it over and over again. And one of the berries is like, we got to just keep trying. And the more he kept trying, the more time kept like mutating him. He was delusional. He was never convinced. And every time he comes back with like a, some sort of Kryptonian metal. Metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. In his body. Tired and demented and deformed by the effects of going through all these timelines essentially sure and uh we realize that the real barry is kind of the fulcrum point he like his decision to save his mom is the thing that led to all of this and it doesn't matter how many times you you know try to change this one little event that happened afterwards if you don't let barry's mom die all this other stuff is gonna keep on happening (laughs) all right bab let's let's take this step by step okay 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 Okay. i'll try so the one Barry is obsessed with saving Keaton and Supergirl. Yes, that's the essentially the bad Barry, who's the, well, the younger Barry, young, right? Younger, he's not really a bad guy. He's just kind of he's a little bad, I guess. He becomes evil for like five seconds, and uh, he's obsessed with like you know, he replays the same moment over and over again, thinking he can fix it. Yep. You know, he's like, whatever metaphor you want to use for that. Like, yeah. the degenerate gambler that thinks that eventually he's going to break even. Yeah, you know? basically. Yeah. Go, keeps going back to the table. Or, de- there's, there you go. A degenerate time traveler. Yeah. Trying to score a hit. And maybe just, you can say he's like a, a tinkering artist or something that, you know, will not settle for anything short of perfection. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever metaphor you want to use. Mm-hmm. But he keeps going back in time over and over again. And he keeps going into that, whatever, that coliseum of all the, where all the universes collide. Yeah. And the more he does it, the more the universes start to collapse on themselves. Fucking with the space-time continuum, the imbalance of everything, and, you know. Cade shows up, Christopher Reeve shows up, the original Supergirl, Helen Slater, shows up. (laughs) So... (laughs) Eventually, (laughs) Perry becomes a giant like Kryptonian stone monster because he's been impaled by those shards of Kryptonian glass so many times. Yeah, thousands upon thousands of times. And that represents his body deteriorates as he keeps time traveling. Basically, he's been, it's like he's been doing this for eons. He kind of looks like Cyborg. We saw that guy earlier in the movie. 
Yes. When he kicks Barry out of the time travel coliseum into the timeline where he meets 18-year-old Barry. That's right. But 18-year-old Barry is the rock. It's kind of like a Terminator thing. Yes, 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 yes. Where yes. like John Connor sends, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, right? you know, chicken or the egg kind of. A yeah, space. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So he sends him into that universe to create this monster. But he is the monster. But he is the monster. Mm-hmm. So in order for this monster to no longer exist and therefore all of the universes to stop collapsing on one another, Barry's mom needs to die so he never goes back in time to save her. Right? <laughs> I'm done, dude. I can't fucking... <laughs> like, I'm waiting for you I to stop. Fucking, I can't do it. I don't know. It's, it's okay, Nico. You can stop. Nico, you can rest. <laughs> My- my head hurts. It's one of the worst time travel plots I've ever seen. I, I, my, my head hurts. I'm, I'm broken. With, I'm, I'm broken by this. No, we've hit an all time low. Yes. Yeah. This. Yeah. This is an all time low for like culture. I, not to be too hyperbolic about it, but like this is really bad. I'm frustrated. Nick's not here. This is the worst movie we've done on this podcast. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> so bad. <laughs> this <laughs> tiptoes didn't even break me as much as this thing did. It, it's so bad. It's so bad. I hate it. I really, 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 really hate it. Oh, here was the other thing. No. So he ends up putting the tomato sauce back. Oh, yeah. And then he also changes other shit. But he ends up changing. He completely nullifies the whole point of the movie. Yeah. So he puts the tomato sauce back and apparently, I forget exactly what he did, but the tomato sauce ended up on a higher shelf. Which, that doesn't happen. I don't don't fucking. He moved the tomato sauce to the top shelf. So that his dad could be seen in the camera. In the camera. But. For the thematic purposes of this movie, that action is just as important yeah, as right, his right, mom right, 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 not right, dying. Right, 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 right. Yes, or, right. Yeah, you've created a whole new paradox. Yeah, you've created a whole new evil time loop. Yes, exactly. For all intents and purposes, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You dumbass. It's like, right. what are we doing here? <laughs> right, right. People that haven't seen this movie have no idea what the fuck <laughs> we're talking about. They're so lost. I know. We have done such a bad job. Like, like all the people that are like that maybe found us on Google or whatever being like the flash ending explained. Like this is the worst the version worst of that version we, you will ever hear. They're like tomato sauce, yeah. top shelf, <laughs> court, like the cages in this movie, <laughs> giant spider. <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, I feel like a different person after seeing this movie. Yeah, we, we broke this podcast, I think. I think The Flash broke this podcast. <laughs> the way to go, Flash. If it, it was going to be anybody, it had to be The Flash. It was always meant to be. <laughs> oh. All right. I did not expect this to happen, going to see this movie tonight, to be honest. I can't believe we're here now. I'm ashamed. I feel like I've been violated by this movie. Yeah. And now, I, where do we go from here? I think we just die, Nico. I think this is it. This is the end. This is the end of the, it's the, end end of the timeline here? The I end think of the it, loop? I think it is. Mm. I think we're goners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, in fairness, like, <laughs> Spider-Verse is out, and it, everything bad about this movie, that, that movie just nails. Yeah. So it's like, it's the duality of man, you know? Like, part of me thinks, like, we're just done for as a culture, and then the other part of me is like, eh, you know, some stuff around. These movies can be good. Well, hey, I think this has Spider Verse been doing well? It has. Okay, Spider Verse doing well. This is doing nothing. So right. there you go. Yeah. Maybe there's some hope after all. Maybe there is justice. Yeah. Unlike the justice system that Barry's father experiences. <laughs> that is the funniest line. My mom died from an accident. My dad was put into prison by the ills of the justice yeah, system. The, the corrupt criminal the, justice system. It's such a bad line. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I'm like, I'm just happy that this movie tanked. Yes. Fuck it. Yes. It's a piece of shit. It deserves it. It deserves it. Yeah. Every once in a while, like my faith in humanity is restored, you know, and you don't get many moments like that in, you know, modern times. Most of the time, like (laughs) just everyday to day life. Yeah. Just in every area of life. Like I just generally, I'm not encouraged by like, 
the human condition. <laughs> like it's just not an experience I tend to have. <laughs> That's fucking grim. Well, you know, I don't usually like, you know, read about the world. not and- encouraged by the human condition. No, truly. <laughs> Holy like, shit, what a sentence that is. It just doesn't happen that Good often. God. But, you know, this movie not doing well at the box office restores my faith a bit in the IQ of the average moviegoer. Sure, sure. You know? This would indicate that there are more people that know what's good for them. Yeah, they just didn't buy the crap this time. They were tired. They've bought it plenty of times in the past, you know, and they will continue to do so, but at least this time they didn't buy it. Evil lost. Evil lost. Anyway, Craven Craven the Hunter coming to cinema soon. You you know, like... (laughs) Again, uh, this isn't ending anytime soon, but this is at least, I don't know, discouraging because of how bad the movie is, but encouraging in the sense that people identified it as such. Evil died tonight, Nico. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we'll be back next week for <laughs> Jalo July. <laughs> Hell yeah. And Nick Evangelista will be back hopefully then. Yep. And we love you. We love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> Thank you.